Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are probing into the mysteries of the digital revolution and trying to understand the impact it is having on so many parts of our lives from personal, professional, the spaces in between. And as some people say, it's hard to distinguish between the personal and the professional these days, but it's really been a remarkable couple of years in the last year or so. I, I think uh, we're starting to find our ways through this. And part of that uh, that's been involved is companies have really had to focus on the types of decisions they make, how quickly they make and what they base those on and the quality of those decisions as the world seems to move faster and faster. So one of our favorite guests, Bonnie Tinder, who is the founder and CEO of Raven Intel is with us today. Bonnie, always a pleasure to see you here at Cloud Wars Live. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to be here. So Bonnie, I think as always, you've got some great uh, insights and ideas here, often uh, tied into you know what you've got up on your the blackboard behind you. So yeah. what's, uh, what's on your top of mind for you today? Yeah, well, um, as we've started doing, I have a quote of the month for you. And this, um, I'm, I'm from the great city of Chicago and the land of Lincoln um, being Illinois. So I thought um, this month I could, I could do a, an Abraham Lincoln quote. Uh -huh. um, and so this one is, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. <laughs> <laughs> Great insight. Yeah, and as we talk about um, decision making, whether it is you know just a decision that you have to make in, in life, or you know specifically with with your audience that space with decisions around digital transformation projects or technology um, type of um, decision making, I think the same uh, rules sort of apply. So, um, but but uh, honest Dave certainly has some great wisdom. Um, to, to sort of start us off with. Uh, Bonnie, that, that sounds good. I know that, uh, you know, he had some interesting perspectives on lots of things, but um, in line with some of what you've talked about all along here, right, you know, of project management and understanding what you're intending and planning to do before you even start to do it, that just seems to make, you know, extra good sense here today. So, Bonnie, tell us about this. You know, what are you, you've got some great thoughts mapped out about good decision making, and uh, you know Abe's influence there about how you allocate the time to lead up to getting to those right decisions, Bonnie. So, how's that going to play out, or how should it play out? Yeah, well, I think a successful uh, evaluation um, and and a successful decision process really paves the way for a successful end result whether it's a decision about a digital transformation or um, a decision about, you know, should you move ahead with a particular software project or even, you know, should I hire a certain um, person or should I hire a certain outside consulting firm? I think the way that you approach that decision, you know, paves the road for a successful outcome. And, you know, conversely, if that decision is not made um, well, you know, it's, there's, there's little hope for success in the end uh, for your project as well. So that, those, I think are, that's the, the, the sort of overwhelming or, you know, overarching idea um, for, for the topic today. Um, but I think, you know, really good decision-making comes down to really three main components um, that I can go through. Um, but again, and 
Bob, you know this, and, and talking with so many of the customers and the software vendors out there um, is that you know good decisions really are um, you know, the way to ensure success in, in the end in terms of uh, solving a problem. Uh, Bonnie, a, a good friend of mine who he sort of collects cliches or bromides, things like that. He, and uh, one he told me several years ago, and you have to sort of say this with you know, thumping one hand into the palm of the other hand, you know, you have to say, he would say, uh, proper planning prevents poor performance. He called that the five P's. And okay, that's maybe a little dramatic, but what are the three key points for you, Bonnie? Can you hit those at a high level and then touch on each in more detail? For sure. Um, I think number one, first and foremost, you need to know what your problem is. You have to have a well-defined problem statement. Number two um, is about this information gathering sort of stage. So you need to gather the information and the alternatives, and then also, um, you know, really weigh the uh, evidence. So that what you've heard initially and the alternatives that, that you've heard um, and weigh the evidence, this idea of trust, but, but verify. And then number three is that you need to take action and move forward. So you don't want to rush a decision, but on the other hand, um, you know, I've seen it so many times, analysis paralysis is also, um, you know, a, a big problem during a decision, decision process. So the shorter and tighter uh, that you can keep to a time frame, the better, because the worst thing is, is to, you know, make your decision by the time you're done with an evaluation process, you're so tired of, um, you know, the evaluation that you don't have any gas to, you know, move forward with the the actual project itself. So um, you know, number three is, is take action and be confident and bold in, in what you're doing. So Bonnie, I, you know, all of those make perfect sense here. I wonder, it's, is, I just hear those, they're all challenging. They're all extremely important. But I wanted to ask you about number one, and particularly know your problem. Um, my guess is that that's where probably the most difficult for both some organizations as well as leaders to really own up to that, honestly. Without a doubt. And I think the smaller that you can make your problem, the better, you know, you're going to have a big problem, you know, probably in the end, but in terms of solving a problem, if you can break a, a big problem into smaller problems and solve those in kind, um, you know, you're typically better off. Um, I think the other thing is, is one wait, is the problem that you have worth solving? I mean, everybody has like 99 problems, but there's really just one problem that's gonna make a difference that's worth the time and energy in solving. So you kind of start to, start to have to pick your battles um, in terms of, is this problem worth solving? And do other people internally believe that this is a problem worth solving as well? Those are gonna be the stakeholders that you um, are going to need to get the, the budget and the um, you know, time approvals to, to go out and you know, fix that problem. So you know, do others agree that this is a problem? Um, is, I mean, it sounds like really basic, but um, you know, those are sort of like overarching questions that you need to ask yourself. Um, it, you know, the, the other thing is, is, and this is a technology show, you know, if you're listening now, you're probably, um, you know, involved with technology at, at some point, but the, the other aspect of it is, is, you know, I think so much of the time, um, you know, 
everybody wants to solve a problem with technology and certainly technology can, can solve a lot of problems. On the other hand, technology isn't gonna solve something that won't be fixed um, through software. Um, and so it's like, just sprinkle some technology on it and you know that'll solve my problem. And I think really understanding like, is this a problem that needs to be solved with technology? Is there something um, different here that is a, a, a better approach with, you know, that doesn't involve like, a, let's you know, swap out all our software, move this to the cloud. I mean, those are sort of obvious answers, but you really need to understand what is driving that and, you know, what type of technology is the solution as opposed to just, you know, assuming that it's, it's going to, your technology is going to solve your problem. When it's funny in an episode that we recorded yesterday with Christian Anschutz, uh, the title of that one is I've got 99 problems and none of them is technology. <laughs> Don't tell that right in here because absolutely that that's, that's huge. And uh, Bonnie, it seems to me too, you know, what you were talking about here for step two of gathering information, evaluate the alternatives and so on. Um, this, this challenge or the difficulty, the imprecision that some companies have in figuring out what is the problem, the longer they take on that, the longer it seems like each of the two six or the, if they're not really rigorous in identifying specifically what is actually the problem, they're going to have more trouble with step two and with step three. And it just seems that in today's you know, hyper accelerated economy, we, companies just don't have that luxury of time. It's like, yeah, well, we, let's go back to the drawing board and figure something out. So the, getting this right is absolutely critical. Without a doubt. And if you're going to spend the most amount of time on any part of the decision making process, it's defining your problem first because that's going to make the gathering of information and the action steps a lot easier. Um, and I'll use a great, you know, put this in like sort of real life terms. If you all of a sudden start inviting vendors or, you know, uh, partners in to help you um, evaluate potential options before you know what your, you know, problem is, I mean, you can boil the ocean in terms of solutions because everybody's going to come in with a different approach try to sell you on how they would solve a problem that you don't even know is your problem. And so you can really skinny down the alternatives um, in terms of your gathering of information if you have a defined problem up front um, because you're gonna know the type of vendor that you wanna bring in okay. and you're, not, you're gonna be a lot more efficient in you know, the quote unquote sales process or those third parties that you have to bring in and weigh the options. That's still, you're still going to have to do that, but it's like, you don't need 50 people coming in and sort of like expanding your problem or, or you know, sort of presenting their angle on it. You want to be very defined in sort of leading the, um, the vendors in, in terms of your project. Okay. Let me take one second here. I want to uh, offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. So Bonnie, as, 
the decision makers begin to move through this process about gathering information, the alternatives, you said that trust but verify is another essential point. It is. And, you know, back to the definition of the, the problem uh, that we talked about earlier, you're able to so much more efficiently bring in the right vendors or the right, you know, technology alternatives. Um, if you spent the time really mapping out your your problem in the in the the front end of the decision process, um, and you know what, what I think is really important is that you don't want to boil the ocean um, and you know have too many options coming in. Um, you want to start off by talking to your peers, those that you trust. Um, you know, different perspectives um, from industry experts. So leverage your network and go wider. Um, when I say industry experts, go wider than, than Gartner. Um, you know, certainly they're going to have a perspective, but there's several other sources that you can, you can um, consider as well. And, you know, I, I think you want to pay close attention to how vendors treat you during the sales process. Um, and you know this, your gut is a good indicator here because your experience during a sales process is, um, you know, it's not going to be better once you sign a contract with a vendor. So you want to trust your gut in terms of is this vendor listening to me? Are they able to, um, you know, sort of define my problem back and present the right solution for it? Um, so you know, I think I think that all of those things are really key in terms of you know, the initial gathering of information. And then trust, but verify. You wanna make sure that um, you know, you're doing your own due diligence um, you know, behind the scenes and talking to references independently. You know, certainly Raven Intel is a great place where you can get peer review information uh, written by other customers um, you know, and have that available to sort of vet what your partners are, are going to say. The, the partners or vendors, they're gonna give you references, but they're gonna be all the good ones. Um, you're, you're never gonna get a bad reference um, to speak with from a vendor's perspective. And so that's where you wanna do sort of your own due diligence um, in you know, vetting vendors. And you know, ask the hard questions when you're talking to other customers um, who have gone through the experience um, you know, ask them what their challenges were um, during a project and how the vendor or, you know, the services partner helped them through that um, so that you can really get a good understanding of, um, you know, the good and, and bad. Because not every project's going to be all good. And if you hear that everything was positive about a project, um, you don't, you shouldn't believe that either. Um, you really want to know, okay, so what were the positives or pros, cons, and, and um, you know, and, and fully understand those as well. Well, Bonnie, you know, a moment ago, I think when you mentioned about the need to, you know, uh, talk to those you trust, you know, peers, experts go wider than uh, Gartner. I, I sure agree with that. And I was, I was certainly going to say, you know, one of my favorite alternative sources there is Raven Intel. So ravenintel.com, you not only are uh, broad and deep in what you do, but the, uh, the extra dimension of understanding not just what the big software companies are doing, 
but also the partners that they engage in the individual evaluations and real world experiences of what business customers have gone through in dealing with those partners, as well as the big vendors is, uh, is extremely important. Thank you. Then, Bonnie, what happens, right? Because it seems, uh, you know, again, there's some uh, a lot of psychology here in uh, projects and project management decision making. What you're telling people, we've gotten to a point, okay, we've done the upfront work, we've defined the problem, we've looked at the different uh, possibilities here. Now we've made a decision, it's time to act. Yeah. And, um, you know, you want to have done you know, your due diligence and, and done your homework. Um, but at some point you actually have to act and move forward. So no analysis paralysis. Um, you know, I think during that, you know, final decision step, you need to make sure your statement of work that you're getting back from your chosen vendor reflects the problem that you've defined in, in step one and clearly states, um, you know, the outcome and who's going to be responsible for what, at what period of time and at what cost. The statement of work is a really important document to understand um, and should be part of your decision process as well. Don't, um, you know, go with the vendor and then, you know, expect that, okay, you're just going to sign the statement of work with them. You know, make sure that until you have everything inked, that you have every, all the vendors continuing to participate so that you continue to have leverage, um, you know, even that in that final step. Um, and then, you know, finally, you just got to do it, um, you know, and, and um, you know, and, and move forward with the project. So you don't lose that momentum and excitement about, you know, what you're about to do. Um, and once you've done it, do a post-mortem, measure the outcome that you have and tell others about your experience um, because that's going to be a key for them and help them make a good decision process. Um, but definitely sort of celebrate your success in the end and then do a look back and say what worked and what didn't. Well, and you know, it, it's interesting, uh, just before we came on air with you here, I was talking uh, to an executive from SAP named John Wookie, and he was talking about their new business network announcement. And one of the things that John's been, you know, uh, around the software industry for a long time, he's seen a lot of things. And one of the things he said that's really shifted with the move from on-premise to cloud is he said customers demand and expect continuous improvement, you know, continuous uh, better experiences, continuous ability to gauge how are we doing with this? Are we getting closer to the goals? Are we achieving what we thought we would? So I, I think your points here about, you know, uh, it, it's time to take the leap, do it, move forward on that, and don't expect that that's really the end because a good project, as you said before, if you do it right, it's the beginning. It's not just, you know, the cutoff point of something. Without, without, and it's a journey. Um, and, you know, this is just sort of the first phase in your journey. And, um, you know, so starting this, pro this part of that off well, um, you know, will ensure that that, that, that long-term success um, is there, you know, whether it's a digital transformation project or a piece of software or some, you know, other type of internal change that you have, um, you know, it, it's, this is, the, this is sort of the foundational stuff. Yeah. 
So Bonnie, you've you've hinted a, a few of these and touched on some, but I imagine you've got a, a pretty good list of gotchas for people to watch out for. Yeah. Um, well, you know, as, as you mentioned before, Raven Intel um, has peer review. So we talk to customers once they've gone through the process and have done that evaluation and then finished their project. And they, we ask them, what are their lessons learned? And what would they recommend for other customers um, you know, before they start a project like, like they did? Um, I, I think where customers uh, typically get stuck um, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, is it's not clearly defining the problem from the beginning before you start solutioning it or inviting vendors in to solution it with you. Um, because, you know, if you don't sort of have that framework going in, the idea of gathering information and alternatives, um, you know, becomes a lot less efficient and um, you, can, you might go in a direction um, to solve the problem that, that isn't necessarily the most beneficial for, for your company. It's more, well, this vendor came in and you know, sold me a solution, how they would fix it. So I think you know, spending more time upfront to define the problem is, you know, is, is a gotcha. I think this, the second thing is, is um, not considering alternatives beyond maybe one or two frames of reference. So my software told me, uh, my software vendor told me that this partner was really good and they, we brought them in and we just hired them because of the recommendation of the software vendor. Or we've used this partner before, this consulting partner before for a different project at our company. So we just, um, you know, continued on with that, um, you know, with that relationship as opposed to going wider and, and getting more frames of reference there. And um, so, you know, I, I would say that that's a, another one is, um, you know, don't go just with, with one point of view or two points of view, get as wide as you can. Um, don't boil the ocean, but get wider than just walk, you know, going with the recommendation of your software vendor, um, you know, ask, ask some more opinions and, you know, our magic number is around three alternatives um, okay. that you're shortlisting before making a final decision. And Blaney, from something that you had said before about that, you know, what, what I always find in these sorts of conversations is, does the person that I'm dealing with or the potential partner that I'm dealing with, do they continue to get smarter with each conversation? Or do I find I'm repeating or having to go back and fill in some blanks that I've left before? Because you know, perhaps not everybody can catch everything the first time, but if, if, the, if in the, the, the big issues are escaping that person, then the best you can hope for is they're gonna help you maybe uh, define the initial idea that you thought was a problem. I think the best ones are gonna be able to come in and say, you know what, Bonnie, we can work on that, but also if you thought about this, this, and this, because there are other, ways that maybe this problem is manifesting itself in different ways, or is that really the issue to get at? Rely on their experience, their expertise to be uh, appropriately, you know, uh, an, a little bit of an agitator with you there to ensure that you're defining the problem properly and getting smarter than each step of the way. Without a doubt, without a doubt, you're going to go in sort of knowing your problem and having defined it 
Um, but then getting the industry best practices from those, those trusted partners, as, as you mentioned, um, that will really help um, you consider the, you know, the, you know, the larger um, ways to, to potentially solve it. And um, you know, when you find a partner that can sort of challenge your ideas and make you think you know, more outside the box, I mean, that's definitely a sign of, of somebody that um, you know, could be really beneficial for your, you know, for your project. Okay, and Bonnie, um, you had noted on here uh, a 10 question article, right? You've, is that something you wanted to point out as well? Definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, it's out on the Raven Intel blog. Um, uh, and essentially, we've come up with 10 questions uh, to ask a potential consulting partner uh, that'll be doing, um, you know, a digital transformation project or helping lead, um, you know, the, the implementation of the, the software, whether it's an ERP or an HCM, um, you know, type of, of software change. We came up with the ten, top 10 questions that you should be asking of a consulting partner um, to really vet them and make sure that you're, um, you know, looking at uh, what they're presenting from, you know, from, from all sides and, uh, you know, weighing your options best there. So that's certainly a resource. If you're about to, to do that, that um, th that's available to you on ravenintel.com. Well, that, that sounds like some a list that everybody should be looking at there, Bonnie, at, available on ravenintel.com. And can you, can you share one of the, the points from there just to, to give an idea of what, uh, what type of perspective is offered in this 10 question list? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say one A and one B. So most important is have you done a project like mine before? And when, that, so that, that gets at their experience, but you want to go a level deeper. So have you done a project like mine before? That sounds really simple, but does it involve the geographies um, that I'm about to do? Does it involve the type of software and modules that I'm, um, you know, looking at implementing? Um, you know, how many of these type of projects have you done? Do you have local resources in the geographies? that we've done. And then finally, do you have the experience in my industry? Um, you know, if you're in manufacturing, have you done another manufacturing environment? Or if you're in healthcare, have you done other healthcare customers um, like mine? As narrow as you can get your, your sort of project scope and get them to provide specific examples of work they've done like that, um, that is really important. It's nice that they have, you know, broad experience. It's nice that they have consultants with, you know, lots of degrees and experience that they're bringing to the table. But if it's not the experience that you need for your project, then it's irrelevant. So you want to sort of call that list down. And then I said there's a part B to that. Um, and something that I'm super passionate about is this and what are customers saying? So it's one thing to get from a consultant um, their um, you know, words and consultants, uh, you know, are, they, they are very eloquent in the way, the way that they present uh, their, their organization and, um, and their plan. But you wanna know from the customer's voice, how 
did they do on previous projects? That's what we uh, you know, measure at ravenintel.com, but you wanna keep them honest and say, well, what, what are customers like me saying about these previous projects? It's one thing to hear it from them, but now how can they back up um, you know, these, the, the claims that they've made about their experience with this particular type of project? And so back to the trust and verify type of thing, are they experienced and do they have the customers to prove it? I think that's the 1A and 1B most important. Yeah. Well, Bonnie, you sit in uh, sort of a front row seat here for what's going on with not just the big tech vendors, but the partners they use. And then most importantly, the, the impressions and the uh, experiences that customers have, business customers have in dealing with those folks. So um, thanks very much for this idea about, uh, you know, putting a lot of those um, different experiences you've had into the mix here, the, those real world things into, you know, three steps to good decision making. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, good luck to listeners about to embark on, on a big decision um, and uh, you know, spend the first four hours of sick sharpening your axe. <laughs> Words to live by, Bonnie, from your, your fellow Land of Lincoln uh, friend there, Big Abe. That's Bonnie, right. thanks a million. It's always fun talking with you and your insights are really, really helpful. Uh, good, good stuff over there at ravenintel.com. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope summer's off to a great start for you. And we look forward to seeing you again soon.